this morning is a very special member of the Cub family who is so loved by all of us. She's been married to her husband, Bryce, for three years. She has a dog, Goose, and a cat, Bonnie. She enthusiastically leads all of us in worship with her beautiful voice and her love of the Lord. We are so excited to hear what the Lord has given her to share with us this morning. Let's give a big welcome for Lexi Driver. Good morning, good morning, Fight Time Conference. Who is excited to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in this house this morning? Alrighty, well, I am human and I am nervous, so you're going to have to bear with me. This is my third year doing this, and um, it doesn't get easier, but that's okay because we want to be obedient to the Lord, and it is a big deal to represent God and to lead you guys in worship. So before we get started, I do just want to honor my husband. This is Bryce Driver. He is handsome, and he is mine, and he's been mine since eighth grade, and I just, I'm so honored to serve the King of Kings with you, babe. I love you so much. And um, so I've already been wrecked by the presence of the Lord this morning. And here's what I feel like he was telling me. I'm going to try not to get emotional. But um, the King of Glory is in this place today. And I'm so honored to be in his presence. When I was here this morning and I was just praying, I just kept feeling him um, remind me that he is the King. And earthly kings, just like Casey was telling us last night, whenever you go up before a king and you weren't summoned, it could bring tension, it could be scary because you didn't know how they were going to respond. They could, they could grant life or they could take your life away instantly. But I'm here to tell you this morning that the king of kings that you're in the presence of today gives life. So there is a difference between granting life and giving life. And the king of kings that we are worshiping today, he doesn't cause fear upon you. But instead he says, let peace come over your mind. Instead he instills something greater in you and that's knowing that he's the one that's in control. So why don't we all right now, let's just go to the throne and let's just put our hearts in the right posture as we enter into his presence. And I'm just going to pray, Lord, I thank you so much. I'm honored that we get to be in the presence of the King of Kings today. I'm honored that you invite us into this place. Let the spirit of the fear of the Lord be upon every soul that is in this room this morning. Let us feel your presence in such a strong way that lives are changed in this very moment. When we encounter you, Lord, nothing stays the same. And you are the author of life and you give life abundantly. So Father, I'm asking that you would give life right now as we worship you. Inhabit the praises of your ladies this morning. Inhabit the praises of your daughters. And we invite you into this place this morning. And we're going to say, you give life, you love, you bring light to the darkness. You give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. 
sing about his life again. You give life, you give life, you will love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. Sing it's your breath. It's your breath.
can follow me because we didn't practice it but I think we can do it so it goes the hopeless have found their hope the orphans now have a home all that was lost has found its place in you and you lift out
Jesus, we worship you. All right, you may be seated. And it's hard for me to stop. But we do have intimate worship that's going to come up shortly after this, and I'm excited. I'm also nervous about that, but I know that the Lord's going to meet us there. So, okay. So now it is time for me to speak. Yay. I will tell you that I can get up on stage and I can sing some lyrics, baby, because it has already been written. And all I have to do is memorize it, and I'm pretty good at memorizing lyrics, so I can just read whatever somebody writes, and I can just sing what somebody else writes. But it is a challenge when you have to get up on this stage and say, all right, Lord, I need you to speak to me, and I need you to speak through me. So I'm just going to pray real quickly. Oh, I thought he was going to stay the whole time. Do you mind playing the whole time? 
I can do that because he's my husband. So, <laughs> Thank you, babe. Why don't y'all give him a hand? He's so perfect. You are so perfect, babe. He's my little crutch. He's my security blanket. Okay, here we go. So I'm going to pray real quickly. Why don't you all just bow your heads and um, why don't you pray for me and I'm going to pray for you. So Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity that I get to speak to your daughters. I don't take it lightly that you have given me something to say and that you've, you have given me the opportunity to speak to these women of God. So I'm asking that you would open their hearts and their minds. Let them have fertile ground to sow seeds on this morning. You have authored this word today, so I'm asking that you would help me to, to bring it forth for them, Lord Jesus, and so that your glory could be revealed in this message today. We give you all of the honor and all of the glory and all of the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 So if you do not know me, my name is Lexi Driver. I've been coming to Covenant Church since I was about 11 years old, maybe 12 years old, and I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for my pastors and for mommy and all and papa and I'm thankful for my nana wherever she's at I love my nana so much and um so here we go I'm just gonna jump right into this so today we're going to be talking about something that can be kind of an uncomfortable topic uh well uncomfortable story just because I think a lot of the times we don't see ourselves in this but I promise you if you'll stick with me there is something that is going to be so beautiful that comes out of this. So today, we're going to be talking about the story of the demonized man in the gospel, all right? I'm just going to kind of, um, uh, I don't even know what the word to say, paraphrase this for you guys. So if you'll just stick with me, we're going to get somewhere, all right? So Jesus had just calmed the storm. Let me set the stage here. Jesus had just calmed the storm. Um, the waves were really big and they were crashing, and if you know the story, the disciples were in the boat, and Jesus was asleep, and they're like, Jesus, we're fixing to go down. And Jesus is like, you have little faith, you know. Why, why are you even worrying right now? And so he just says, peace be still to the storm, and it's like nothing to the Lord, right? So he's just like, all right, here we go. Problem solved. And so uh, his power had been revealed in a mighty way to the disciples. This is what the disciples said. They said, he commands even the winds and the waves to obey him. All right, so then Jesus steps off of the boat. And immediately he is met by a demonized man. The man fell at Jesus' feet and shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, don't torture me. Jesus then began commanding the impure spirit out of the man. The demon's name was Legion. And he said, We are Legion and we are many. Legion is, means 2,000. So he was very demonized. He was very oppressed with thousands of demons. Upon the demons' request, Jesus allowed them, those demons, to go into a nearby herd of pigs. And when the demon came out of the man, they entered into the pigs, and the herd rushed down a steep bank and drowned it, or and drowned. Everyone who had seen what had happened to the pigs went into the town to report what had happened. And upon this report, a large group came out to see for themselves what had been done. There Jesus was with the man that had been set completely free, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind. All right, so let's break this down here. Because I think a lot of us can say, I don't see how I can see myself in this story because I'm not walking around with paranormal activity going on, tearing my clothes off and cutting myself, all right? So I want to break this down for you all so that you can all see exactly what Jesus is trying to reveal in this message. This conference 
as many of you know, is called a spiritual encounter. Everybody say a spiritual encounter. There are two kingdoms in the spirit world that are at war for our souls. As soon as you were born into this world, you were immediately in the middle of a war between two different spiritual worlds. And here's what they are. One is the kingdom of Satan and one is the kingdom of God. Right? This man is a perfect example of what it is like to live in this war. All right? Let's look at his backstory. Luke chapter 8, verse 27. If you'll pull that up, Tristan. Luke 8, 27. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but he had lived in tombs. All right, let's look at this. This verse tells us that this man was naked. You see where it says he had not worn clothes? Y'all all see that right there? Okay, that means he didn't have clothes on, so he was naked, right? He, naked brings shame. It brings humiliation, but it also represents in the Bible a state of sin, okay? So back in Genesis, whenever Adam and Eve first ate the fruit from the tree, they immediately knew that they were naked, correct? So that nakedness is, can be a representation. It can portray in the Bible a state of sin as well, okay? So we know that he was, um, that he was in sin, he was humiliated, he was vulnerable, and he was in carnal natures. That's what that represents. He, the second thing is that he did not have a home. Right? It says he didn't have clothes or did he live in a house, but instead he lived in tombs. Now, tombs are a place of death, right? It's where people are buried after they have died. So what this can tell us is, although he was alive, he was surrounded by death, okay? So he did not have a home. He was vulnerable, full of sin, humiliated, and in his carnal natures, and he was surrounded by death. Verse 29 says, For Jesus, he commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him. And though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Chains could not even keep this man. We can assume that he didn't have family or friends that he could go to because he was a danger to be around. Even the guards couldn't keep him. That's what the Bible says. The end of the verse says solitary places, all right? Another um, version of the Bible says into the wilderness. Now, it's one thing for you to go in the wilderness with the Lord, but it's a completely different case whenever you are isolated by the enemy, right? So not only was he in shame, not only was he humiliated, not only was he rejected, right? Because they would not even let him into the town. He was in the tombs. He was surrounded by death, and he was isolated by the enemy. Now, what does isolation bring? It allows the enemy to tell you whatever he can, because you are not held accountable by the people around you to give you truth, okay? This man had a spiritual encounter with the enemy. Here are the three things that we know he faced. I just said it. He was naked, full of humiliation and sin. Although he was alive, he was surrounded by death and tormented, and he was isolated and alone by the enemy. But then Jesus came. And my title for this message, if you want to go ahead and put it up, Tristan, is Encountering Jesus. He had an encounter with the enemy, but there's something that was so much more in store for him. Verse 28 
still there, I believe. If you'll go back to verse 28. It says, when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet. Now, the backstory that I just gave you said that he was isolated and he was alone and he was rejected. And I don't know about you, but I have felt like I was isolated and alone before. And, and in the mental state that you are in when you're isolated is one that's like, they don't care about me, right? I'm forgotten. There's a reason why they didn't invite me. There's a reason why, why I'm not around. It's just probably because I'm not good enough. We can assume that that's how he felt, right? Especially if he was isolated with the enemy, given the ability to tell him everything that the enemy wanted to tell him. But when he saw Jesus, there was something that attracted him. When he saw Jesus, he said, I have to get out of this isolation and fall at the feet of the king. He cried out and fell at his feet. Verse 35, you'll go there, Tristan. Skipping around. The people went out to see what happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out sitting at Jesus' feet. I want to point out how this man was free. And he was at the feet of Jesus. And after he was delivered, the man was still at the feet of Jesus. Every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And even the demons tremble at his name. So hear me close. You might be one that says, okay, yeah, I can kneel at the feet of Jesus. But you can still be oppressed. You can still have the enemy constantly isolating you and tormenting your mind and telling you things that are not of God and telling you things that aren't the truth. And listen here, the enemy is not just a liar, but he's a deceiver. There is a difference between the enemy lying and the enemy deceiving you. See, I can lie to you and tell you that the sky is purple and you know that it's a lie. But I can also tell you that the sky is purple and give you a reason why. And I deceive you because you automatically believe that I know what I'm talking about. So know that the enemy is a deceiver. And everything that you hear, you have to make sure that you align it with the word of God. And if you say that you're not beautiful, but God says you're fearfully and wonderfully made and you are beautiful, you've got to say, wait a second. I think that I'm being deceived right now, right? So every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And I'm here to tell you today that if you have bowed before the king and you are still struggling with those things, we have a great opportunity this afternoon with a mass deliverance session that you should be going to. But we'll, we'll go more on that here in a little bit, all right? Here's the next thing I want to point out in this one. All right, and the people went out to see what happened. When they saw Jesus, they found that the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, how beautiful is this? He's now dressed. Let me tell you what dressed means. In the Bible, people use dressed, they used being clothed as an example of putting on righteousness. Now mind you, this man probably said really harsh things. He was hurt and hurt people hurt people. He was naked, nobody wanted him to be around. People thought he was crazy. He didn't have a family. Didn't have anybody to go to. But Jesus saw something in that man and he said, I'm going to clothe you. And being clothed means to be clothed in righteousness. Go to Job 29 and 14. 
It says, I put on righteousness and it clothed me. Here's another one. Psalm 132 and 9 says, may your priests be clothed with righteousness and may your people sing for joy. Righteousness comes from the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. It means being in right standing of God. All right. Ephesians 4 and 24 also says, to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, I know that when the people came to Jesus and they saw this man clothed and in his right mind, he was a different man. He was new. He had put on the new self that God had given him. God had clothed him in that righteousness, and he no longer was the crazy man who walked around in, in, around death and tombs, but he was now sitting at the feet of Jesus saying, God, I don't want to leave you because you have healed me, and you have clothed me in righteousness. How beautiful is it that Casey talked about rags to riches, and then the Lord gave me this. Listen, the Lord is trying to speak to every lady in this room. You are here for a reason, and that reason is so that we can speak the truth of God out. And the truth of God says this, you were meant to put on a new self. You were meant to be clothed in righteousness. He did not just die the death that he died so that you could walk in misery for the rest of your life. But he died the death that he died so that you could say, wow. I can actually walk in newness of life. I can now walk being clothed in righteousness. Yes, I used to be crazy. Yes, I used to do all of the bad things, but God met me. Listen here, he wasn't in the town. Jesus was not in the town when this man was delivered. He was in the wilderness. He had just stepped off of that boat and he was on the shore. Nobody else was around. But Jesus met him. The town kicked him out, said, you're not welcome here. But Jesus Christ didn't care about that. And he said, you know what? I am going to clothe him no matter what. So we talked about the, sorry, we talked about the three things that this man encountered from the enemy. And now I just want to list out again the three things that Jesus did and that Jesus will do when you encounter him today. Number one, he drew near to him and fell at his feet. Luke 4 and 18, just like Jesus said in the synagogue when his ministry first started, this has been on my heart the whole week, and that is that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. I don't know what the lies that the enemy have been telling you are. I can't look at every one of you and say, I know exactly what the enemy has been saying to you to target your mind. But what I do know is that you are here for a reason God has called you here and he has given me a word to tell you that whatever it is, if you're rejected, you can be whole and you can be invited into the presence of God. If you feel forgotten, he's meeting you right here, calling you by name to let you know that you're not forgotten. I struggled so bad as a little girl. I had a great family, just like Casey said, but I struggled with an orphan spirit so bad. And I remember being 12 years old, 11 years old, and saying, God, just send somebody to love me. Not even knowing that even somebody perfect 
like Bryce wouldn't fill that void. And we started dating when I was in eighth grade. And I didn't even plan on saying this, but I feel like it's going to resonate with somebody. I started dating Bryce in eighth grade. And I remember saying to him, you don't make me happy. You never make me happy. I was looking in the world for, for love. I was looking for love in all the wrong places. And although he didn't do anything wrong, he really wasn't the wrong person. He still can't fill that void in my life like Jesus can fill that void. So I'm here to tell every one of you, whatever that emptiness is, whatever that, that sin or that shame is that's been eating at you and eating away in you, Jesus Christ is here today to clothe you and to give you the identity of who he has actually created you and called you to be. Doesn't matter what your past looks like. Doesn't matter what your current situation looks like. Jesus is in this place today and he's waiting for you to run to him so that he can set you free. And the good thing about our God is that his righteousness that he clothes us in is to all generations forevermore. That's Psalm 106, 31. God's power was also revealed. And I'm gonna leave with this. Isaiah 61 and 10, if you'll put that on the board. I delight greatly in the Lord and my soul rejoices in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns, his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. He is here to clothe you today. Does not matter what you've done. Does not matter what your past looks like. It doesn't matter what you were born into. Let him do what he's good at. And he's good at clothing his daughters. He wants to wrap you up in his arms. And he wants to give you a new identity. So why don't you just bow your heads with me and let me let me close. Father, I thank you so much that you meet us where we're at. And I thank you that we don't have to be perfect, but that we can run to you in the state that we are in. I thank you that you give us an exchange. And, and instead of just taking all of our filth and just leaving it at us at that, you take our filth and you exchange it and clothe us in righteousness and you bless us and you go before us, Lord Jesus. You go before us and you set us on a new path. So right now I'm asking that your Holy Spirit would come in this place and that you would absolutely show every lady just how beautiful they are in your image. Lord, that you would give every lady the opportunity to be able to make that exchange with you today. You are so beautiful. And we thank you, Jesus, that you rescue us. You are our rescuer. We repent, Lord Jesus, forever standing in the way or forever doubting you, oh, Father. And we run to you today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen.